Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Christmas is an awesome time of year, isn't it? Um, put up your hand if Christmas is your favorite holiday. Maybe just a nod, a bit of a hand, a lot of hands up in the air. Apparently across the world, um, 2 billion people from 160 different countries all agree that Christmas is the best holiday. Christmas, an awesome holiday. And the thing that I really love about Christmas is that people celebrate Christmas who don't even believe in Jesus. And I kind of find that cool, that on Christmas you have people coming together, hanging out, Without even knowing it, they're celebrating Jesus. I feel like that's a win for the Christian faith. Um, so, hey, if, but if you are here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, gosh, I've got to say, we are so happy that you decided to be here. Um, and I gotta, I'm, just t- I'm taking a bit of a risk here, but I'm almost more excited that you're here um, than some of the partners of Bright Church. I love you partners of Bright Church, but I get very excited when anyone comes to church who feels afraid to come to church, who maybe feels awkward at church, who maybe doesn't, have an, doesn't even have a relationship with Jesus. When they show up to church, that's awesome. I reckon that's something we're celebrating. So if that is you today, we really believe, <laughs> yeah, stand up. We want to see who you are. No, 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 no. We're not like that. Um, we're just so happy that you decided to come and be here, honestly. And if you walk today away um, encouraged and feeling loved, then that's what we want. Um, and if you're watching online, that the same thing goes for you. So I'm very excited. It is Christmas. Um, and uh, one of the things I love about Christmas is gifts. I love gifts. I'm still a little kid at heart. I love gifts. I'm a teacher as well as being a pastor here at Bright Church. So sometimes I get gifts from my students and uh, I'm a secondary school teacher. So the gifts that I get, they're not as good as what the primary school teachers get. And if you're a teacher here, you know this to be true. My sister, she's a primary school teacher. And one of the gifts that she got this year was a really expensive bottle of champagne from one of her uh, like seven-year-old students or six-year-old students. I just love that, just the thought of that little kid walking to school with a bottle of champagne, <laughs> handing it over to the teacher. I just think that's so awesome. Um, but at the same time, it, it makes me a little bit sad because I'm going to be honest, the best gift that I got this year from one of my students was a re-gifted donut. <laughs> the funny thing is, is there is actually someone here in church today, and I say re-gifted donut because he's the one who told me that he gave that student that donut in the class he had before seeing me. <laughs> So he had a big smile on his face when he gave me this Krispy Kreme donut, which was a bit melted and a bit hot, but I accept it with uh, gladness and a generous heart. And um, yeah, I, the reason I tell you that is because there's going to be a moment over Christmas, I think for everyone in the room, where you, you open up a gift and what you see, you're not that excited about. And in that moment, you're going to have to fake it. You're going to have to pretend to be happy about the gift. In that moment, just remember my re-gifted donut. Okay, and then hopefully you'll be able to conjure up a smile and you'll be able to manage that awkward situation. So it is Christmas, a season of gifts, um, a season of being on holidays. It is a pretty awesome time of year. But um, what I've realized about Christmas is even though it's amazing, right, even though there's a lot of joy in it, a lot of laughs, a lot of good times, at the same time, I think Christmas can be a messy season for a lot of people. And that's why the title of this message is called Messy Christmas. And to start off, what we're going to do is we're going to head to our Bibles, uh, because it's church and that's what we do. And we're going to go to the book of Luke. And we're going to read about the encounter that Mary had with the angel. And this kind of starts off the story of Christmas. So we're going to the book of Luke. We're in chapter one. We're going to start at verse 26. This is what it says. In the sixth month, 
The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Whoa. All the mothers in the room are like, whoa. Imagine that happening. Um, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived of a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I love that response by Mary. And the angel departed from her. So the Christmas story goes on from there. The next thing that happens is uh, Mary and Joseph, they need to go all the way to Bethlehem. Why? Because um, Caesar Augustus puts out this decree that there's a census happening and everyone needs to go to where they're registered to their hometown um, for the census. So they have to travel all the way to Bethlehem. On the way to Bethlehem, Mary is very, very pregnant and the time comes. And when the time comes, apparently, I don't know from experience, but when the time comes, the time comes. So they need to find a hospital. Eastern Health isn't around, um, but there is an inn. So they go to the inn, but the inn is full. They're like, but there's a stable out the back. So they're like, oh, okay. So they head out to the stable and it's in the stable amongst the animals in the mess that the saviour of the universe is born. Christ the Lord Jesus. He's wrapped in swaddling cloth and put in a manger. Pretty phenomenal. While this is happening, not far off, there are some shepherds hanging out in a field. I kind of feel like I relate to the shepherds. Just going about their business, watching the flock, watching the sheep, probably enjoying themselves, having a chat, having a few laughs. Maybe even some beers. Who knows? Um, and, and an angel appears in the sky. An angel and says, This day, Christ the Lord has been born. I'm not sure if that would have lifted the vibe or kind of ruined um, the vibe for the shepherds. But they're like, oh gosh, okay. So they head over to Bethlehem. They, they find Jesus and they worship Jesus. At the same time, all the way off in the east, we have the wise men that we heard about from Amy um, in worship. So the wise men, they, they're, they're wise. So what do wise people do? They look at the skies. They look at the stars. They interpret them. And from the stars, they realize that, okay, like this is the time. This is the season that the king of the Jews is being born. So they head all the way to Jerusalem um, to find out more and to try and figure out where this baby is. So they go to Herod, who is king at the time, King Herod over at Jerusalem. And they say to him, hey, uh, apparently the king of the Jews has been born. This surprises Herod because he's not very switched on. And he gathers all of the chief priests and scribes together and says, hey, apparently the king of the Jews has been born. So they look at the scriptures and they say, okay, so apparently the baby is to be born in Bethlehem. So King Herod says, hey, the baby's in Bethlehem, says this to the wise men. The wise men go to Bethlehem and that is where they worship Jesus. They give Jesus uh, some gold, some myrrh, some frankincense, a very special moment. Then from there, the wise men take the long route home. They avoid King Herod because they realize that King Herod is actually out to get 
Christ the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, because it threatens his throne. It makes sense. He's the king. He doesn't want some other person being called king of the Jews, the proper king of Israel. That, that's not good for him. Um, so at this point, Joseph is visited in a dream by an angel. And the angel said, you guys have got to get out of Dodge. You've got to get out of here because King Herod, he, he is about to, he's about to get a bit crazy. Um, so they leave, they go to Egypt, and lucky they do because King Herod puts out an order that any child between the age of zero to two is to be killed in Bethlehem and the surrounding region. So it's a good thing that they were listening to God, that they listened to the dream, they listened to what the angel said. So they are in Egypt and they stay in Egypt until King Herod passes away. Then they move all the way back to Galilee and they set up camp in Nazareth. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of Christmas. Oh, thanks. Thank you. I've got to be honest, I practiced that for a while, everybody. <laughs> Although I know the story, it's kind of like when you get into the details, you're like, gosh, there's actually a fair bit happening in this story. Um, and there's many words I think that we would use to describe Christmas. Like without just reading Matthew and Luke and reading the account, you know, when someone says, hey, describe the story of Christmas, you might say, oh, it's an amazing story. It's a beautiful story. You know, it is just, oh, there is no greater story than the story of Christmas. As Christians, that's what we say, right? But you know what? In reality, when I read the story of Christmas, when I read about the birth of Jesus, the main thing that comes to mind for me is this is so inconvenient. Inconveniences all over the place. And you know what I've come to realize in life? What I've noticed is life is full of inconveniences. On Wednesday, I was at Eastland, I got my hair cut. And uh, I just want to throw that in there just to get some praise. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, so on my way home from Eastland, I was in the car. I got a phone call from our senior pastor, Pastor Ben. Um, and uh, I was like, okay. So usually when Pastor Ben calls, it's something that's fairly important. So I'm like, okay, there's probably something important's come up. And uh, then I saw that he left a message. So when he calls and leaves a message, then it's like, okay, this is probably pretty urgent. And then I saw the message and it says, please call me back ASAP. Then I was like, oh man, I better pull over the car. I've got I to gotta take this. I've got to ring Pastor Ben back. So I ring him back and he says, hey, Matt, hope you're doing well. Um, I just wanted to let you know that Pastor Sarah and myself, we are um, primary close contacts of someone who has contracted the coronavirus, which means that we need to be in isolation for the next seven days. And I was thinking, oh gosh, that's a problem. We've got church this Sunday. Guess we're just going to call off church. Stay off, everybody. <laughs> so he says, uh, so guess what? You're preaching this Sunday. And um, in that moment, I had a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. But honestly, it is such an honor to set foot on this platform and to communicate to you. It is such an honor, such a privilege. And I thank Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah so much for the opportunity. Um, and I started to reflect a little bit more and I started to think about inconveniences in life and how things can pop up last minute, you don't expect it. And I was thinking about Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah. Gosh, the fact that Pastor Ben, he, I'm telling you right now, I heard a little bit of his outline for his message for today. It was unbelievable, guys. Seriously, it was amazing. This is also pretty amazing. But it was amazing. And make sure you're here on Boxing Day to hear, hear that message, okay? Just a reminder, everybody. So, um... I was thinking about it, thinking about inconveniences in life. They pop up all the time. They are unavoidable. And when I look at the story of Christmas, there are so many inconveniences. Let's look at Mary for a moment. So Mary, she is very young. Um, most scholars think teenager. 
And she has been visited by an angel and told that she's going to be pregnant with the son of God and she's not married or anything. Like that is very inconvenient 2,000 years ago. Especially when um, you can get in big trouble back then. Like the punishment, gosh, like for adultery, especially if you're pregnant and you're betrothed to, a, to another person and he's not the father, gosh, you can be put to death for that. That is very inconvenient for Mary. Also, the fact that Mary and Joseph, they were very poor. That's not convenient if you're having a child and that child is going to be the savior of the universe. Like you want to send them to the best schools, right? Surely. You want to send them to the best schools, the best stuff, but no, 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 they were very poor. Um, It's also inconvenient that they had to travel all the way to Bethlehem because of some census that they have to do. Man, who loves a good old census? Like nobody. Um, Terrible. Also, gosh, the fact that King Herod is super insecure to the point where he has no problem with putting out a, an order where children aged zero to two are going to be killed in Bethlehem and the surrounding regions. That is just terrible. Imagine raising a child in that environment. There are so many inconveniences here in the story of Christmas. And if we zoom back, there's even more inconveniences um, when we look at the way that God decided to come down to earth. The fact that it took 400 years The people of Israel were waiting for a Messiah, waiting for a Savior. They thought it was coming soon. 400 years later, they're still waiting. The intertestamental period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 400 years. Waiting that long, that is inconvenient. The fact that God decided to come, not in power, not with an army, you know, not with wings or huge guns or anything like that. He decided to come as a little baby. Like that is inconvenient convenient. There are so many inconveniences here. And I'm sure that over the past couple of years, you've probably encountered some inconveniences of your own in your life. I reckon if I asked every single person in this room, you would all agree that life hasn't been easy over the past couple of years. And and I, I bet there are inconveniences in your life that you're trying to work through, trying to navigate. And one inconvenience, that can be okay just trying to get through one, or maybe two, that can be fine. But when they start to stack in your life, that's when it can get hard. And what can happen is we can start to question things. Inconveniences can lead to questioning in our lives. And we see that Joseph questioned. In the book of Matthew, we read a little bit more about Joseph and his experience. And it says in Matthew 1 verse 19, it says this, it says, And her husband Joseph, after hearing that his betrothed wife was pregnant, he wasn't the father, and apparently, her point of view, the father is the Holy Spirit. Who's going to believe that? After hearing that, he decided, it says, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. So there are the inconvenience for him, the mess of this situation caused him to question things to the point where he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to divorce you, Mary. And it's amazing what inconveniences in our life, how they can cause us to question things and then maybe even make poor decisions. Because inconveniences, they lead to questioning and then questioning can lead to us missing God. I'm going to say that one more time because it's important and we need to get it. So inconveniences, it can lead to questioning. And then when we're always questioning things, it can cause us to miss God. So how does that work? Because when we are always focused on the problems, when we're always focused on the problems, we don't have vision to see God's favor. 
when we're always focused on the problems, we don't have vision to see God's favor. This is where we go wrong. We misinterpret God's favor as inconveniences all the time. There is favor in our life. God sends favor into our life. And because it's packaged as inconvenience, we just don't see it for what it truly is. When I look at the Christmas story, when I read it with my human eyes, I see inconveniences. But the perspective of heaven is favor. In Luke 1, verse 30, this is what the angel says to Mary. Now, let me remind you one more time, because it's very easy just to read over this and gloss over it and not really take in the specifics here and how crazy this is. She's just been visited by an angel. The angel is telling her she's going to give birth to the Son of God. She's about to have to travel thousands of miles to Bethlehem. She's going to fall pregnant halfway, have to give birth in a stable. She's going to have to flee because a crazy king wants to kill her son. So she's about to go through all of this. Just imagine the stress. Imagine the anxiety. Imagine the worry. It almost puts things in perspective for us. And yet this is what the angel has the audacity to say to her. Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor. That's favor? (laughs) Everything she's about to go through, you're telling me that's favor? What can we learn from this? We can learn that smooth sailing in life does not equal favor. Oh, please, Bright Church and everybody here today, Never think for a moment, just because things are difficult for you, just because things are a mess, that that means that God's hand isn't on your life. That that means that God doesn't love you. That 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 means that for some reason God's hand, you know, his favor isn't on your life. It's just not true. Smooth sailing doesn't equal favor. You see, our God is a God who works in the inconveniences of life. He's a God of inconveniences. Why? Because he is a mystery. Our God is a mystery. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. It's an amazing faith, Christianity, right? Our God, we can have such an intimate, real, close relationship with Him. And yet at the very same time, we can know hardly anything about Him (laughs) and the way that He works. It's like we feel so close to Him and yet, gosh, He's such a mystery. Maybe that's why sometimes girls are kind of attracted to guys who are a bit of a mystery. I just had that, that's a God moment just there. Oh my goodness. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, it's making sense now. Um, So what are we to do with this? What are we to do with that? The fact that our God is a God who's working in the inconveniences, that in the mess of our lives, um, we almost need to expect it because, hey, we read it in the Christmas story. Why should our story be any different, right? So what are we to do with that? What we need to do is we need to trust God in the inconveniences of our life. We need to trust him. When I was six years old, um, I remember having Christmas at my grandparents' place. And I love my grandparents. They are amazing. My grand and my pa, they are the best. And they are so generous, so generous. And I remember we were opening up presents. And my brother, uh, I saw him open up his present. And he got rollerblades and a Power Ranger. And I'm thinking, this is a good year. It's a good year. I'm very excited. And um, I was mostly excited about the Power Ranger because I was one of those kids who was just obsessed with toys. I used to just play with toys, loved Power Rangers. They were the best. Um, Anyone else like that? Anyone else love Power Rangers like as a child? No, I'm a widow. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Um, So I was very excited to get a Power Ranger. And anyway, I was pretty disappointed when I saw my gift start to wheel itself out. 
And I was thinking to myself, what Power Ranger has wheels? I've never seen a Power Ranger with wheels. And then when the cloth was taken off of my gift and I saw a bike, I cracked it. I was not happy. I was very disappointed. I was in hysterics, very embarrassing for my parents. My gran, being just the loving, sweet woman that she is, went off, came back and had a Power Ranger for me. Can you believe that? Gosh, if there are any grandmothers in the room today, I just want to say, you're the best. You are the best. You are so loving, so amazing. You don't get appreciated enough, I think. So all the grandmothers, we love you. Um, so it's really embarrassing to think about this and reflect on it because what I did in that moment is I misinterpreted the blessing, the favour that was getting a bike for Christmas as an inconvenience just because I was expecting or I wanted a Power Ranger. We do this all the time in our lives. We do this all the time. And when we look at the Christmas story, we see inconvenience after inconvenience, and yet all of it is actually favor. So why is the Christmas story the greatest story of all? Why is it so awesome? Why is it such a blessing? Why is it the greatest act of favor of all? Because it answers our biggest problem of all. You see, our biggest problem actually isn't the relationship issues that we're having with friends at the moment. Our biggest problem isn't the tensions that we're trying to navigate at work. Our biggest problem isn't even the illness that we're struggling with trying to get through. Everyone's biggest problem, mine, yours, the person sitting next to you, all of ours, we, humanity, we all have this in common. Our biggest problem is sin. And the Christmas story is the greatest act of favor of all time because it answers that problem. The answer to that problem is Jesus. God came to earth as a baby as the son, Jesus. Jesus lived the perfect life, healing people, helping people, casting out demons, everything. He did it all. Everything you read, it's all true. I tell you, it's all true. And then he went to the cross. Why? For you. And he died on that cross to deal with our biggest problem, which was sin. So this Christmas, in the middle of the messiness of what's going on, in all of the events, everything that's happening, don't forget the true meaning of Christmas. And that is that God came to us as a baby to deal with our biggest problem, and that problem is sin. Walk away today remembering this. Sometimes the greatest things come from messy situations. Maybe you're in a bit of a mess at the moment, right? Maybe life isn't going the way you'd planned or the way that you've hoped, or maybe things are going really well, but there are some things in your life you're like, oh, that isn't quite how I'd like it to be. Hey, let's just remember the God that we have. He is a God that works in the mess. And if the greatest inconvenience of all time brought about the greatest thing of all time, imagine what God could be doing today, right now, in the middle of your mess. Sometimes when you're in the miracle, you don't realize that it's gonna end up being a miracle. So I just really wanna encourage some people today. And when I was preparing this message, honestly, on my heart, what I felt from God is He just wanted to encourage people who've had a really hard couple of months, year, two years, 
I don't know, however long it's been. I just really feel like God's heart is for people this morning who find themselves in mess. You have a God who loves you. Don't be discouraged. You can trust Him. He's doing something. What I want to do is I want to invite everyone to stand right now. And and I'm actually going to pray for two groups of people. So first off, I'm going to pray for anyone who finds themselves in mess at the moment. Then after that, I want to give people an opportunity to maybe accept Jesus for the very first time into their life, into their hearts, dealing with your biggest problem, that is sin. So with every eye closed, let me pray for any person who has mess going on and you want help with it. And maybe you just want to raise your hand. You don't have to, but maybe just as a sign to God that you're struggling, you can raise your hand. Eyes are closed right now, so you can raise your hand and then I'll pray for you. Dear God, I thank you so much that you work in our mess, that um, you just love us so much that we stuff up, we make mistakes, and yet you've always got a plan. You're always working on us. You're winning us back. You're such an amazing God. And today I lift up to you every single person that finds themselves struggling. It's just inconvenience after inconvenience. It's stacking. They're questioning things and it's causing them to miss you in the middle of it. God, I pray today that their eyes would be opened to perceive what you're doing. God, I pray that their ears would be opened to be able to hear you your voice of encouragement, your voice of love. Even right now in this moment, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and touch their hearts. Come Holy Spirit, minister to your people, the people who need it, who are crying out for it, who have their hearts open. God, right now I pray that you would just come. You would wrap them up in your presence, God. We thank you that you're a loving God. We thank you that you're always working, that you're always doing something new. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.